Good morning, church family. Good morning. It's a joy to be with you all this morning. If you would, open your Bible as you're kind of getting seated, getting situated to Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to be in verses 18 to 25 today. And can I just say, in northeast Louisiana, we start the Christmas season, right? We really do. Ray, I want to see a show of hands, everybody who braved the Bauckhamville Christmas Parade. If that's you, get a hand up. You need to look at these people. These are some of the most spirited Christmas fans in our congregation, ladies and gentlemen. We had a parade in West Monroe. We had a parade in Monroe. There was a fireworks show. There was a parade in Bastrop. We are getting the Christmas season started off right. I'm so glad you're here this morning. I am going to be starting a Christmas season sermon series called Adore. And um, in the Christmas season, lots of us have already begun to demonstrate how we adore our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of us have put lights on our home or decorated uh, the interior of our home with certain symbols of the season that remind us of Jesus, who, who says in John 8, he is the light of the world. Uh, we're going to exchange gifts on Christmas Day, some of us a little bit before, some of us a little bit after, given our families' traveling schedules. And, and we're exchanging gifts to show how we adore the Lord Jesus Christ as the greatest gift ever given. Some of you are Christmas holiday music junkies, just like me. Did Mike not do an exceptional job of getting some Christmas carols into our worship service today? I hope that encouraged you. I hope that got you in the Christmas spirit. So we are going to take a look at how some of the characters in the nativity story, the story of Jesus' birth, showed how they adore the Lord Jesus. I've got the word adore up on the screen for you this morning. I wanted to give you a really clear sense of what the word adore means. It's a verb. It's an action word. And it means to love and respect someone deeply, or in the case of our Lord Jesus, to worship or venerate Him. And as I was preparing for this particular sermon, I'm going to give you a sense of what it is when we get to our text in Matthew 1. I was just researching this word adore, and I happened to see something that was really the opposite of what the word adore means. I want to show you a picture on screen. This is a very tragic circumstance from earlier this week. This is Thursday night. Okay. This is the opposite of love and respect. Okay. This is Jalen Smith hitting a defenseless Alvin Kamara running back for the best team in the National Football League right now. Can I get a who dat, ladies and gentlemen? Okay. Uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys demonstrated in this game that they do not love the game of football. They do not have respect for their fellow man. And they are not going to follow the guidelines established by the National Football League. Okay? And so I want to pray for the Dallas Cowboys. I want to pray for their fans. And I am looking forward to redemption in the name of Jesus uh, by the end of the football season. God bless you guys. There was a man in Scripture uh, that the Bible teaches us really knew the meaning of the word adore and demonstrated his adoration for the Lord Jesus Christ in a unique and a particular way. This man's name was Joseph, and his part of the story 
is found in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Hopefully you're already there in your Bibles. I've got it up on screen for you this morning. God's Word says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son... And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, listen to this phrase here. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph showed his love for our Lord Jesus Christ through obedience. Joseph showed his love for our Lord Jesus through obedience. We are all moving at about 90 miles an hour right now in our lives. Trying to buy gifts for for people, trying to make sure our family's needs are met, trying to celebrate the season through decorating. Actually crawled up in our attic to look for our Christmas lights and just got really deep in there. And the deeper I got, the more fearful I became until I got claustrophobic. (laughs) Didn't find the Christmas lights I was looking for and had to use some other decor to try to... Uh, get our house situated in a way that celebrated the season. Joseph, first in our text, was the type of man who was faithful to the law. Let me mention something about this. Your state of being, church family, before a significant moment in your life is heavily influenced by who you are before that moment. So what happens in a significant moment has a lot to do with the type of individual you were before that moment. In other words, you can't just prepare for a significant moment in life the day that moment occurs and respond to that moment in a way that glorifies and honors God and in a way that's obedient to the word of the Lord and the commands of God. The reason Joseph could handle a difficult situation had a lot to do with the fact that before this situation happened in his life, he was preparing himself for this moment. Joseph was a man who was faithful to the law. And when an angel of the Lord appears and says, Joseph, something is going to happen in your life and it's going to be difficult. The woman you're betrothed to, the woman you will marry, the woman that you're in love with, she's going to have a child and it's not your baby. And Joseph doesn't do what so many would have done in that moment, would have said, hey, I'm out. How is it that Joseph was ready to succeed in that moment? Joseph had prepared himself to succeed in that moment. He was a man who was faithful to the law. 
Friends, can I ask you and beg you and plead with you to become men and women who are obedient every single day of your lives? So that when a significant moment in your life happens, you have prepared yourself to succeed in that moment. Joseph was prepared through practice. This word faithfulness isn't just he knew about the law or he was around people that practiced the law. He himself daily practiced the type of lifestyle in line with the teachings of God's word. That's what made him prepared. Here's the truth. There is going to be a moment in your life, maybe many, when your willingness to obey the Lord will be put to the test. You need to be prepared for it. And you need to have practiced for that moment. There's going to be a moment in your life, church family, when you feel you are not capable of doing what the Lord commands. And those will be the moments that shape and define the person that you are. And if we look at the life and the lifestyle of Joseph, we see that this man was capable of answering the call of God in his life and of succeeding during a significant moment in his life because he had prepared himself to succeed. And when the angel of the Lord gave him a command, all he does is what he's asked to do. One thing that makes this such a challenging moment is because of all that is involved. You know, obedience is a challenge sometimes. As I was thinking and praying about this, I wanted to share with you some things that makes obedience a challenge. I've got these on the screen for you this morning. First thing that makes obedience sometimes a challenge is just that we don't want to do what God is asking us to do. Sometimes obedience is a challenge just because our flesh doesn't want to do what God in the Spirit is calling us and asking us to do. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, there is a king in the nation of Israel. His name is Saul. And Saul is going to overtake a nation uh, of a a people called the Amalekites. And God says to Saul, as you defeat this nation of the Amalekites, I want you to destroy everything. I don't want you to keep anything. Saul goes in, God grants him victory, and Saul starts looking at this nation. He goes, you know what, they got some cattle, and they got some sheep, and they got some servants. As a matter of fact, even their king, those are all kind of worth keeping. And Saul disobeys God. Why did Saul disobey disobey God? He just didn't want to obey. He looked around and saw some things he'd rather have than be obedient to God's demands on his life. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, God's prophet Samuel goes to Saul and says, Saul, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as he delights in obedience? To obey is better than the sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Sometimes obedience is difficult, not just because we don't want to do it, but because it really is hard. Sometimes obedience is tough just because doing the right thing is extremely difficult. Abraham is kind of wandering around uh, the nation we kind of now know as Israel and happens south of the region of Israel into a place called Egypt. And as he goes, he becomes afraid of Pharaoh. And says to himself, if Pharaoh knows that Sarah, 
Sarai at this point in Scripture is my wife. He's going to try to capture her. Uh, if he knows he's my, she's my wife, he's going to try to capture her and, and kill me and take her as his own wife. So he tells Sarah to be deceitful and tell Pharaoh, look, don't, don't tell him you're my wife. Tell him you're my sister. It was a really difficult situation. Why was Abraham not able to be obedient and honest? Because it was hard. It was extremely difficult. Sometimes doing the right thing is hard because doing the right thing isn't popular. In Genesis chapter 3, Eve eats the fruit of the tree that God commands Adam and Eve not to eat from. And she hands Adam the piece of fruit and he eats it. Everybody was doing it. The people that he trusted the most were doing it. It was just a difficult thing that wasn't popular to do to be obedient to the Lord and follow through with the Lord's demands in that moment. Sometimes obedience is hard because it looks like there's an easier way. I was reminded of the story of Samson in Judges 16 who ends up telling Delilah the secret to his strength. It just looked like the easy thing to do to be disobedient to the Lord. Friends, I want to remind you this morning that the things God is asking you to do, He has designed you with the capability of doing. The things God has asked you to do, He has designed you with the capability of doing. And if you will do what God asks you to do, it will help you in life. Can I get an amen to that? If you will do what God asks you to do, it will help you in life. I want to give you Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. The Bible says this. The law of the Lord is perfect. It refreshes the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. We tend to look just about everywhere else in life other than the law of God to find the kinds of things God tells us can really only be found in His Word by being obedient to His commands. You want to find true refreshment? Go to the law and commands of God and live by them. Or how about wisdom? Do you want to really know how to apply the knowledge you've acquired in life? Then turn to the, to the Word and law of God and allow Him to direct your life. We also find joy in God's commands by being obedient to His decrees. And this is the kind of joy that's not circumstantial. It doesn't depend on the balance of your bank account or how easily you're getting along with friends and and family members in your life or, or what's happening in your career. And this kind of joy is infectious. It doesn't just stay within you. It spreads like a wildfire in the life that you live. 
Does your life lack direction? Are you uncertain of some of the next steps to take? Then seek for the answer in God's word, in his decrees and commands. You'll have confidence in purpose and endurance in hardship if you'll follow the teachings of the Lord. Have you ever wondered if what you're doing is going to get you into trouble? God's word warns you of those kinds of things. And if you're truly looking for rewards in life, or rewards that moths and rust can't corrupt, but instead will be stored in heaven for all of eternity, live out the commands and decrees of the word of God. And you'll find yourself in the midst of a rewarded and blessed life. I want to remind you of some of the reasons that I obey the Lord God. Uh, This particular date is a really significant date for me. On this exact day, 14 years ago, I surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ and got sober from a very severe addiction to drugs and alcohol. Give the Lord Jesus a hand clap of praise for that. That was 14 years ago today. And I was thinking about this. It just, just, it, it, it's not that the journey gets easier as much as I continue to accumulate reasons that I should keep on going. And I wanted to share these with you. When, when I get tempted or when I am struggling and it's hard to be obedient, these are some of the things that really help me personally Stay on target with what God has asked me to do. The first thing that I do is I obey God because of the love He has for me. And that's what Christmas is all about. Our Lord Jesus Christ left His heavenly home and came down here taking on flesh and made Himself humble, taking on the form of a servant, not of a crowned king. But a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. That's love. For God to have sent his son to live a sinless life for me and die on the cross so that I could live. And when when the moment in my life occurs where I have a decision to make, am I going to be obedient to what God is asking me to do, or am I not? I think of the love God demonstrated to me through Jesus Christ the Son, and it strengthens my commitment to obedience. I also obey for God's glory. You and I are on this planet to bring glory and honor to God in the way that we live. We are broken, messed up individuals and every breath in our lungs comes from Him and we have to turn each breath into a sacrifice of praise to our God through Jesus Christ, His Son. And it is our greatest honor to bring glory to the God who gave everything to us. And sometimes it's just that. I want to bear the banner of the name of Jesus in a way that brings him glory and honor. I want others to look at my life and think, man, if God can do that with that individual, maybe he can do that with me. That's how we bring honor and glory to the name of God. I'll tell you what else. Uh, I was married 12 years ago, almost 13. 
And every year I've fallen more deeply in love with my wife because I learn more about her. And every year I have been surrendered to Christ. I have learned more about the, 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 not only the love he has for me, but I've also learned a more deep love for him. And the deeper my love for God grows, listen to this church family, the less my love for him is based on how I feel. And it's more based on what I know to be true about him. And that's the true hallmark of love. That it gives way from a superficial feeling to a deep spiritual sense of commitment and connection. Sometimes when I'm struggling with being obedient, I remember the love that I have for God. And it helps me stay on track. I also obey because of what God has done in my life. Uh, Sometimes I'll share with people my story and say, man, I'm surprised you are where you're at. I said, one of the things that motivates me to keep going is I don't want to repeat day one ever again. Uh, It's really hard to go from day one to day two to day three to day four. I did that about a hundred times before I finally surrendered. And I never wanted to go back to day one. And I look at what God has done in me and in the people that I love and in you and in our church. And it motivates me to be obedient because of what I see in what God is doing in the lives of the people I love and in my life. And Jesus was very clear, I'm going to close with this, that this is a really appropriate way to show him that we adore him. You'd have to go to the Gospel of John. I've got this on the screen for you. This is John 14, 23. But Jesus says a couple of times between John 14 and John 15 statements like, If you love me, if you adore me, if you want to respect me, if you want want to worship me, if you want to honor me, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Uh, In John 15, uh, he, he says something similar. But in John 14, 23... He tells us something really interesting that happens as we show our love for him by living the way his word asks us to live. Let me read this to you. If anyone loves me, if anyone adores me, Jesus is saying, he will keep my word. He'll keep my commands. My father will love him. And listen to what happens. Listen to this effect. And we will come to that person and make our home with him. The presence of God is not in our home during the Christmas season because of the number of gifts in our tree. The presence of God is not in our home over the Christmas season because of the decor in our home or the way we put lights on the outside of our home. Although, husbands, I'm saying that might be an important thing to do if your bride feels like that's an important thing to do. The presence of God is in your life and in your home and in this season because you have decided to show Jesus you love him by keeping his word. There are so many different ways. I've I've read so many books over the years. There are so many different ways people teach Christians to draw close to the Lord. I think if Jesus were to tell us one thing about how to draw close to him, he would say, I just want you to keep the word. The word that I've spoken to you, the commands that I've given, I want you to keep that. If you're feeling distant from God this holiday season, 
a, a preacher that I listen to from time to time says, if, if God feels distant, who moved? And if, if you need to get close to God this Christmas season, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to be obedient. If we look at the life of Joseph, the situation he's in, I think, is the most difficult situation a person can be in and have their obedience challenged. Why? Because love was involved. And this is a man who rose to the occasion and stayed obedient despite the heartbreak he felt at staying the course and keeping God's commands. You know the situation you're in. I don't know it. I know God does, and I know you do. And I'm, I'm encouraging you to make a commitment today to stay the course. To be obedient and allow God's Spirit to strengthen your resolve and empower you to make good on that commitment. Here's what I know is going to happen if you do. The presence of the living God will come into your life more powerfully and make its dwelling place with you. That's my prayer for you this holiday season. Let's bow. Precious Heavenly Father, I come before you just so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of a church that celebrates our Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I I hope that as a church we are moved to adore Jesus in new and significant ways this holiday season. And I want our church to start right here. I want us to start with obedience. I want us to be willing to rise to the occasion, have success in moments of struggle, because we've been the kind of men and women who every single day have lived in obedience to your word. God, I ask that any here who have a need would, would respond and be encouraged and uplifted and strengthened. And I pray all these things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Please stand with me while together we sing.